0: I want to share from John's Gospel, a passage that's probably familiar to almost all of you, if not all of you. Reading from chapter 3 of John's Gospel. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked, surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who has come from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. It was a Tuesday, February 16th. 1971, 3 p.m. My wife, Barbara, and I, along with our 19-month-old son, Jeff, were ushered into the judge's chambers. It was time for us to sign the papers of adoption for our first son. He had been placed with us early June 1970. Now, some of the details of that day are a little blurry with the passing of time. But some of it is as clear as it happened yesterday. Now, I don't remember the judge's name, but I do remember his question. It was a very interesting question. Mr. Stinson, do you promise to see Jeffrey as your son with all the rights and privileges that implies? Will you include him in your will and treat him as though your wife had given birth to him? Amazing questions. My response was immediate and without hesitation. Absolutely, Your Honor. And so papers were signed. And Barbara and I walked out of the courthouse, each holding hands with our son. It was a new beginning for Jeff. It was a new beginning for Barbara. It was a new beginning for me. It was as though we had been born anew into a family of three. The following March, Barbara gave birth to our second son, Matt. We were contacted by the same agency several years later. It was the same agency that assisted us in adopting Jeff. I was not home at the time. I was at a meeting 40 miles away. Barbara called to share with me the phone call we had just received. Would we be willing to adopt a little girl? And she informed me that she had said yes. And that was it. We were going to be a family, a family now of five. And the day came when Jeff and Barbara and I and Matt began the process of going down to pick up our new daughter. And as we were walking in, I must have had a strange look on my face because Barbara said to me, what's wrong? I said, nothing, nothing's wrong, but I'm just wondering. We don't know if she's white or black, Asian or American. We never asked. And Barbara simply said, let's go find out. And that's what we did. We entered as a family of four, came out with our daughter Jenny, making us a family of five again. It was as though we had been born anew. Five years later, Barbara gave birth to our youngest daughter, Emily, making us a family of six. Four children, each one coming to us in different ways, but each of them a child of ours just the same. Each of them was our heir. Nicodemus, the leader of the Pharisees, a sect of Jews who faithfully sought to keep the law. Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. Now, we don't know why he came at night. Some think maybe he did so because he was afraid of the other Pharisees being upset that he went to see this renegade Jesus. But more likely, the tradition of that day was those theologians, as you will, who wanted to truly have a, a heart-to-heart, in-depth conversation, would come at night after the work and the heat of the day. So whatever reason, Jesus comes. Uh, Nicodemus comes to Jesus. We aren't told the motives. We just know he had a conversation. And during that conversation, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born anew. You must be born again. You must be born from above. And ever since, there's been a variety of interpretations of what that means. And I think that one of the possible reasons that Nicodemus had difficulty understanding Jesus was the result of his being a Pharisee, someone who was used to thinking in terms of black and white, right or wrong, someone who took another, another person's words literally. And it seems to me that Nicodemus is like many of the people in the churches today, unable to distinguish when Jesus was stating an absolute fact or when he was telling a parable or using a metaphor. That got Nicodemus into great difficulty and it does the same to us. Yet the Bible is filled with metaphors, with parables, with allusions. The Apostle Paul who is said to have written over two-thirds of the New Testament was a master of using metaphors One in particular comes from his letters to the Romans in chapter 8. It is that passage where Paul describes Christians as heirs of God, children adopted by God as his own. Listen to what he said. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children of God, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If in fact we suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. Nicodemus was thinking in physical and human terms. Jesus was speaking in spiritual and divine terms. Nicodemus just couldn't comprehend how he could possibly get back into his mother's womb in order to be reborn. That wasn't the kind of rebirth Jesus was speaking about. Jesus was speaking about the wondrously new way God was working in his life. And if Nicodemus accepted that, God would be making him into a new person also. That, my friends, is what I believe is what Jesus was speaking about. Not some strange out-of-body experience, not some unreal experience that everyone has to duplicate in order to be a Christian. No, Jesus was telling his night visitor that the Spirit of God is able to take us and enable us to grow into new people, to become what we are not yet, to be adopted by God, And treated as one of God's own. Now, they were walking out of the courtroom after the adoption papers were signed. And Bob, the father, was relieved that the entire process was finally over. It's a long process. And as he was walking out with his wife and his new son, he said, Let's go and get some pizza and celebrate. They both reached down and took the hands of their 10-year-old, Andy. And Andy looked up and said, Can we go to Chuck E. Cheese, Dad? And it wasn't the question that stopped Bob. He had loved Andy since they received him as a foster child three years before. They knew they wanted to adopt him. But Bob was caught off guard, and he said, Andy, Andy, You have always called me Bob from the very first day we brought you home. I know, said Andy, but it's different now. I always wanted to call you dad, but I didn't think it was right, or that I should, until today. Why? What difference does today make? You know I've always loved you. Yes, I know. But today, you gave me your name. And I'm going to call you dead from now on, if that's okay with you. And Bob could not respond for the tears running down his eyes. And I suspect that Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, as they were carrying all of those pounds of myrrh and aloes, to prepare the body of Jesus for burial. There must have been a tear running down the face of God who saw both of these men as his sons. We don't know what happened to Joseph of of Arimathea. We don't know what happened to Nicodemus after the resurrection. But I suspect that from the way they cared for Jesus at his death, that they must have become aware of just who this Jesus was. They realized that they had been born anew. They too had their lives changed and they would never again be the same as it was before they encountered Jesus. To be born anew, says Paul, is to become what God intends you to be. To be born anew is to open oneself to the present love of God, the forgiveness, and to be receptive of the grace that only Christ can give. There was a phone call that came at midnight, which is seldom good news. So Franklin James said a quick prayer and picked up the phone. Hi, Dad. George. What's wrong? Are you okay? I'm okay, Dad. I'm fine. But the car has a little problem. It's stuck in the mud. You said you and John were going to the movies. How did you get stuck in the mud? Well, we kind of went to a party in a cornfield. What? I'm sorry. It's hard to explain. But the car's stuck in the mud. Franklin took a long, deep breath. Just give me directions. Two hours later, covered with mud, father and son were washing up in the laundry room. No words had been spoken since that phone call. I'm sorry, Dad. I don't know what happened. I promise. I'll never do that again. Franklin James was silent for a few moments. I know you did the right thing by calling me. That's the end of it. I'm glad you're all right. George was born anew that night. He saw his father in a new light, which meant he saw himself in a new light. Isn't that just like Jesus? He came not to judge us, but to save us. And you know, there's hardly a scene that can surpass in suspense and drama than a reading of the will. Father has died, the funeral's over, the attorney and the family are sitting around the table at the appointed hour. And then they hear the words, and they are wondering what will those words actually be? How much will each receive? Will someone be left out? Suspense. Drama. You see, folks, we already know we are heirs. We are children of God. And of children, we are heirs of the abundant love of the kingdom of heaven. Imagine. Imagine being heirs of eternal life. And we already know it. We don't need to wait for the will to be read. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Join as with Jesus as we travel the odd. For I'm part and you are part of the family of God. Not because we deserve it, but because God has adopted us. Amen.